Greetings one and all wherever you are in the universe and welcome to the latest episode of an espresso shot of confidence the podcast that explores all aspects of confidence challenges taboos and unhelpful narratives and empowers you to be awesome loudly and proudly so it's now time to go grab a drink remember it is five o'clock somewhere and settle down for the next however long this episode is I'm your host, the master of awesomeness, Ashley Griffiths, and today we're going to be talking about fun and creativity. Do you remember those things? You know, those things when we were kids, those endless days of play and creating worlds with, from boxes, creating all of those adventures from nothing. That openness to discover, create, and play is something that we don't focus on so much when we become adults because, well, it's a bit silly, isn't it? Or a waste of time. We're too busy being serious, professional, and adulting. However, play, laughter, and creativity have huge benefits to our health, productivity, mental well-being. And who better to talk to about this than Angie Waitman? a clown facilitator and court jester at Clowns Truly, bringing well-being and happiness into your work and life. Good afternoon, Angie. How are you doing? Hello, Ash. I'm delighted to be here and be with you. <laughs> and I'm okay. <laughs> Absolutely. We're, we're, we're good to hear it. Good to hear it. So thank you very much for taking the time. So could you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I'm very ordinary and I like being ordinary. I um, love playing. I love patisserie. I love people. I believe people are full of creative possibilities and I love celebrating them. That That's about me, really. <laughs> oh, I love that. Celebrating people. I love that. Amazing, amazing. So clowning, how how did you get into that? I'd have never imagined myself as a clown. So I started my working life as a staff nurse and then I became a Steiner teacher. Um, and my children, I adopted three children, I think about 20 years ago. I should know exactly how long, but roughly. And... Um, the social worker said, um, I need you to go out one night a week to have a break. And I ended up on an acting course, which I really hated. I, I really didn't like it at all. But it was a night out, so I kept going. And my teacher became poorly, sadly, and we had a replacement. And the replacement teacher was a clown. And, you know, I've told this story many, many times, but it's, it was so magical, Ash, because she, she had a little box and she opened this box and there were these noses, red clown noses. And uh, she said, I want to volunteer. And instantly I, I volunteered. Now, I'm, I'm not somebody who volunteers, but something that this impulse was, I'm going to do, I want to have a go at this. 
And she said, I want you to go to the back wall, turn round, uh, put this nose on. And when you turn round, I want you to, there'll be something on the stage and I want you to give 100%. And uh, those words um, were what I'd wanted to hear all my life. And I'm in my 40s by now. So I just thought, wow, permission to give 100%. And I turned round and there were this, there were just like uh, six chairs in a row and instantly the image of a train came and I became a train driver, I became the conductor, I became the passenger, I created a story about somebody dying on the train, then I created, then I became the uh, funeral director and um, I sang songs and buried the person and all this creative stuff um, just poured out of me. And the audience, which was the rest of the class, were just laughing and crying. Um, and I just thought, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. This is just everything I want to do. So I explored oh, wow. that a lot for myself. And the more I explored... Um, clowning and the permissions that are allowed a clown the more I wanted to facilitate it for other people yeah okay that's quite the powerful light bulb moment yeah it really was it was just like that I mean I was just a struggling mom um you know three three new new children in my life I'd been a, you know a, a professional in something that's quite um yeah and and then that <laughs> wow wow so I know I know we've talked in the past yeah about this like and and you put me right when I, when I when I said this you know there's this notion that clowns walk around with big pointy shoes drive around in a wonky car big red nose face paint all of those things and and for many people that would be the experience people have had of clowns they've seen them in circuses or they've seen them on tv um so in, in your words like what exactly is a clown well, there's lots of different ways to describe clowning and there's lots of different forms of clowning. So you've described the theatrical kind of clowning. And in my world of clowning, it's more um, about an essence of the clown. So a clown, all clowns, first of all, unmask. They're all taking away the masks that we we, we sort of restrict ourselves with and we uncover. And, it, and the way they do that is th- not through trying to do that, but through their own willingness to be open, innocent, full of wonder, explore the world and share their play, share what they're living through. And, and that requires, um, yeah, vulnerability, um, playfulness yeah all those things oh lovely lovely so in terms of that then if if you do open yourself up to exploring the possibilities of clowning what what are some of the benefits that people can get from that 
I think the most important one for adults is to have some fun in their lives. I think, like you described, Ash, as a kid, we had hours of playfulness and exploration. And in adult life, we become very sort of um, dutiful, um, often stressed, restricted and it's just a clown allows you to have some freedom to let go a bit of our roles we, we you know we're we're more than our roles we're much more than our roles and just to connect back to your own playfulness and um, if I dare say your own heart to to come back to what matters to you instead of always um being in your head. It's an invitation to just let go of the thoughts for a bit and be lost in playfulness. And in that space, more starts to come towards you. It's like remembering parts of yourself that you'd forgotten. And those new parts start to enhance your life now. Oh, I love that, that part that you've kind of forgotten. And I think that's very true, isn't it? That as as kids you know we're very playful open to all sorts of possibilities and then that kind of gets shut off yeah as we as we grow up as we become like you said dutiful yes and it doesn't take much i i honestly believe that um given the space given a space and permission I am amazed how quickly people start to find their creative selves. Um, it's not as, you know, sometimes it can be quite a journey to get to get there, but very often it's the opposite. They can't wait. And, and often it's the first time they've been seen and heard with their authentic voice for a long, long time. Sure. Sure. Well, I think one of those things, like it, it, there's this narrative, certainly as adults, and I think it does start in childhood, like later childhood for sure, where creativity, people would be go, well, I'm not actually very creative or I can't, or, or they'll have statements like I can't draw, I can't write, I can't do stories, I can't sing, I can't insert whichever activity you want there. Now. This is something that just comes up time and time again. But we're all curious. We all have that ability to be creative, don't we, in, inside of us? I, th I think we do. And it's trusting that our version or our way of being creative is creative. Creativity is ours. It's already ours. And nobody will ever express it the way you express it. And let's see it. Let's let's see it how it unfolds. And I see the clowns unfold with their creative possibilities. And they don't just come ready ready made clowns and start creating. They have to go through a process of learning it. But once they've learnt it, they start to trust their their creative expressions. They they tr they trust it and let it spread into other areas of their life. And they can see possibilities opening up that they that that your head would never get you there, but your heart gets you there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. 
Your head will never get, but your heart gets you there. That's that's powerful. <laughs> that's powerful. I love that. Love that. So I know you run clowning workshops and and clowning experiences for for individuals for corporates. So what what sort of activities would you typically do in one of those experiences? Well, we have to start off quite slowly, as in. Um, it's usually a very unknown space and the, and people are very courageous to have come on the first one. And so we do very just simple exercises about of even moving in the space, noticing the space, um, breathing, adding sounds, using our bodies, dancing or movement. And then we get into games and all the all the exercises we do are about receiving the world, noticing how we are experiencing that, and sharing those experiences. Um, and then I do lots of games where people to encourage confusion um, because. People are trying to get it right, understandably, but we're going to go to the area where we're no longer trying to get it right and we're okay if it goes wrong. We're really okay if it goes wrong. In fact, we begin to celebrate it when it goes wrong because the, the more mistakes that happen, the funnier it becomes. For example, we play this ball game. So everybody, usually most people can catch a ball. But if they can't catch a ball, that's totally wonderful. And then I add more and more balls so that it's it's impossible for us to catch the ball. And the celebration or, the, or people start to laugh because they're dropping the ball when they know the rule is to catch the ball. And <laughs> I give them more and more exercises where... Um, well, the, so unexpected things happen. So I'll play, I'll, I'll be introducing a dance, but I'll use unusual music. So they, they've no way how they're going to navigate it. They, they, so they start to, they have to let go. They need to be confused. I, I try and introduce them so their head will, no, there's no way their head can work this out. And if their head can't work it out, all that can happen is they can sense something or they'll start to use their body or their voice they won't they won't be able to hang on to the known basically love that confusion is a powerful state to be in isn't I it i think so there's a lot of schools of thought around that certainly in in certain mindset processes neurolinguistic programming positively encourages getting people into confused states because when you're in that confused state that's where learning occurs. Yes, yes. Where you let go of maybe rigid thinking. Yes. And you open up to the possibility of a different way of being. Yes. Um, a different opportunity, a different experience. Yes. But I want to make it and... clear, I'm not messing with people's heads. I'm just allowing them not to be in control anymore. They are not, they're, they're safe. There's a safe environment, but their norms are no longer going to be held on to. Love that. I love that. And when, when I'm, I'm kind of guessing that maybe when, when you initially start this process, it's like you, people will come into the room and they're like, well, what's going on here? There's a clown. 
you know, do you find that maybe there's initial resistance to that? And how do you facilitate and support people to get past that resistance? Um, well, first of all, people usually have chosen to come on the course. And um, so there's some kind of interest already in them or some wish to go to unknown places. And if people come or are sent, they're, they're the ones with the most resistance. So I try not to work with people that were sent. However, resistance is actually a really um, necessary part of clowning. So it helps you go through a process. So clowns are not pretending to to be anything other than they are so if they feel resistant it's good to show that it's good it's good to have it in the room they're an asset people who resist are actually an asset um for for a while um and the other way i help them well, I celebrate their resistance. And it's amazing if you celebrate somebody's resistance or affirm their resistance and acknowledge it, they're more likely to play because they, they um, yeah. And the other way is, like I've said, which is to start them for, almost forgetting themselves and forgetting their resistance through play. The most experience I've got is this, is working with medical students who resisted. So they were, they want, they had to do a unit um, and, and some of them came on my unit and they thought, you know, it was a complete waste of time. And the, and the way to help them is by playing more and more and more games um, so that they start to loosen up. Do you see what I mean? So there's no winning, there's no point, but before they know it, they're just laughing yeah. and having a good time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think the resistance comes in different forms. Yeah. And... And it can be treated and responded to in different ways as well. I mean, you, I, I go back to my teaching days yeah. when, when I go into a room and you could tell that there was a massive amount of resistance to doing an activity or maybe the people, maybe the students just weren't there. They weren't in the room. Their, their bodies were, but their minds weren't. Yeah. You know, th- there would be different ways into that. I mean, you could fight against it or you could work with it when I work with teenagers, it, you know, especially on the morning shift when they're like, oh, God, life sucks. How dare, you know, they got me in here at 9am. You know, you've got all that teenage angst bouncing around and, and you're getting them up like thinking, right, we need some energy in the room here. And they're so resistant. Yeah. They don't want to do it. But the moment you've got them up and bouncing around and got some energy in the room and some dynamism in the room and you go, okay, come on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, you know, imagine how long this class is going to last. If you're bringing this, oh, everything is boring <laughs> attitude into the room, it's going to go, it's going to be the longest hour and a half of your life. So <laughs> you can go with it or you can choose to engage yeah. with it. And and usually they'd just start laughing because I'd just make fun of the whole thing yeah. about it and they'd just start giggling. They're, 
and and the energy brings people into the room and eventually you've you've created that that transformation of of energy yes and and um yeah but um i want to talk about um a clown's energy a little bit because i I wouldn't want to give the impression that clowns are um they have to be a certain way the beauty of clowning is that you can clown when when you're in a clowning improvisation you have to bring your all of yourself so if you're resistant or nervous the resistance usually covering something else up but um it's all to play with Mm. and none all of you whether you're a tired clown a sad clown a high energy clown um a poetic clown all these clowns it's really you're in play but you're bringing your authentic self into that play so you know how you feel and and it can transform in the improvisation in the clowning it can change but we i don't there's no energy to come in with you come in with the energy you've got and we work with that nice Mm. perfect perfect so in terms of that play curiosity so how can we bring that out from a clowning session and into the real world? What are some ways that they can maybe tap into that powerful energy right there that you talked about? I I think you start to enjoy play. So you've had an experience of playing and you want more of it. You want that expanded feeling with inside yourself and within your heart and that connectedness that you feel to yourself and to other people um and how how you bring it into your day-to-day life is more of an attitude of openness wonder playfulness where are that you start to notice the opportunities is there an opportunity here or if you're having um if you're getting stuck in your own life, you think, I wonder what a clown would do here or what would their eyes do here or how would they, how could they play with this rather than go further into it? Um, and to follow your own, have a time where you actually allow yourself to play and explore as a, as a clown, as somebody where there's no judgments because a clown has no agenda you might have a loose structure you're playing with, but you are agenda free. All you need if you have no agenda is a space to explore. Um, but I think in day to day life, it's more the benefits are that you drop all the shoulds, all the shoulds in your head. So you, you start to realize they don't actually exist, that they're 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 imposed by society and actually we're much freer than we think um we can do you know just many more things than we'd ever imagined and we're we're not as restricted as we believe wow that's 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 powerful again it's that the shoulds right Mm -hmm. the the shoulds can yeah they've got a lot to answer for the shoulds the shoulds that society puts on us and the shoulds that we put on ourselves yes. um that feeling like we're an adult 
again, just coming back to the play and the curiosity and the cre- creativity and stuff. Well, I'm an adult or I'm a business owner or I'm this, I'm that. So I should act in a certain way. But that, that by saying that, that's assuming that we're very one dimensional characters, which obviously we're not. Yeah. There's, there's different layers to us, different aspects of us. So, you know, what, what other ways would you say through clowning or through play or through curiosity were available to people to maybe lose some of the shoulds and replace them with more of the, well, what's possible here? I think through the the workshops themselves, you actually witness how ridiculous the shoulds are. And you see clowns who are very present and in the moment discovering so many possibilities um, that, the I can't explain, but the beauty of a person who is playing and vulnerable and excited or whatever they are, that is their beauty. That is their essence. And and the rules and the shuds are just like, well, you know, like they ju- they just melt away. And and you stop judging yourself and actually you stop judging other people. And you can you can just see this human being who's open and what we're gonna play. What what we're gonna discover together. And and it's just like a breath of fresh air and these possibilities come just towards you. The unexpected comes towards you. So then the boring shoulds, the knowns, the traditions, um, they just become comical. They just become like, why would you do that? Why would you do that to yourself when you can um play? <laughs> Love that. I suppose it's easier said it's than done. It's a reframe, done. isn't it? It's seeing the world through different eyes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the, the important part is to start, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And to be open to it. Yeah. When you say it's easier said than done, I think, again, if you're walking around with a, a fixed narrative of who you are and this is your role and this is what I've got to do now that I've got this, say, job title... I'm a father, mother, parent, grandparent, uncle, aunt, whatever. I mean, we're, society is full of labels, mm-hmm. right? And it's that that in itself can be restrictive. Completely. And, yeah. So clowns are very flexible in their roles and they can change roles very quickly. So I'm just going to pretend we're in Red Riding Hood. So one minute I can be Red Riding Hood and then... And then another clown can say, actually, I want to be Red Riding Hood. So in clowning world, there can be two Red Riding Hoods. And then you can change into the wolf. You can even be um, Red Riding Hood's cape. So you can be all aspects and and move. And you don't have to be um, a good actor. You just have to have loads of enthusiasm and really be it. So it's not about getting it right. It's about enjoying what you're doing. And and that enthusiasm. Even if you just said, "Oh, I'm I'm uh, Red Riding Hood's coat now." As long as you feel as though you you are, then you are. 
you know, there's no sort of, you know, that's not a very convincing, you know, we're not bothered. We don't care about that. And this flexibility of roles is so important in, in jobs. You are not one thing. And if you think you're one thing, then you're not going to be as creative as living your fullness and the range of things you are and bringing all of you to the job or not just all labels of you to the job but your insides to the job all your all of you all your creative parts to the job sure i often think that when i go to say a networking event or on onto linkedin and stuff and people ask me so what do you do and and we always start with the i am a video coach i am a clown i am this i am that but that that's just a, a title that's a starting point that's a label there's there's more to it and i think it's very easy to almost kind of dilute yourself into this kind of um one sentence this is me this is all i stand for and it's very easy to get your identity attached to that and i feel like when that happens it's very easy to forget different aspects of yourself the different qualities that you have that like you just said can have a massive impact on the job that you're doing at the time on your relationships on the way you are in the world but it can get to the point where it's like i am this and that is it yes and and often the you know there's quite a lot of people stuck in a role i don't mind if you've got a role and you really enjoy your role and you're great at it and you're in good health but if you're trapped in a role you're suffering your business is suffering and we just need to untrap those people into being being allowed to be more of who they actually are rather than who they think they should be to perform that role. They've got so much more. Why, why not have the more of them? <laughs> why not have what's inside? And sometimes what's inside can be tender. Sometimes it can be shy. It can be so many rich layers. And I want all, all of, all of themselves, their authentic selves to have permission. Oh, amazing. Amazing. And, and, and that's something that can really help. I mean, again, if you think about in the economic situation at the moment, you talked about people feeling stuck. There's a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. People are feeling a lot of stress um, with things that are going on in the world. Uh, a lot of the things that they can't control right now. There's a lot of external variables that are just throwing things into, into <laughs> a state of flux. And one of the things that can happen when, when you get into that state, when you're in a stress state, is you get tunnel visioned. And you can get into a scarcity mindset. So how could play help with this? I think as soon as you start to have some fun, stress starts to reduce. It, I suppose people are worried that they won't be playful or, and, and I can help with that. Well, first of all, it's pretty free. I know you have to pay to my core to come on a course with me, but playing is actually free. It's, it's available to all of us. You don't actually need me. Just need to give yourself space and permission to play. 
and and then relationships start to improve um a relationship to yourself even improves if you give yourself space to play but the thing that strikes me is um you know once you're free like play teaches you freedom and when you've explored freedom and opened up to your own freedom you no longer need to look a certain image you don't have to have the car the house you don't have to have those things anymore they're not as relevant at the same time I think clowns also name the truth so they're not just putting sugar over shit. They're actually saying, I'm playing and the economic climate is how it is. They're not, they're not denying the economic climate. They're not denying anything. They're naming the truth of what's living as well as being able to know that the spirit inside of them has the opportunity to play. Um, you know, it it is tough, and I, I don't I don't want to deny anybody. Clowns do not deny reality. They might have imaginations. They might have all kinds of play, but they name the truth of the reality also. Sure. And I think we come into community as well through clowning and play. We come to know that we are a group of people having a good time. It's quite hard to have a good time on your own. I mean, it is possible. Um, and I've had my own play times, but um, play is something to share often and to discover between people. Yeah, I totally get that. Totally get that. I think the, I know for me personally, ever since my niece came around, I've been playing a lot more. Yeah. Now I've always been a very playful sort of guy, but since I've gone into self-employment and, and with the pandemic and everything, I haven't been around people as much as I as I used to be because I, I was always the office clown without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. That was me. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, but having the niece, having my niece around and she always comes in because she's, she's an only child and she's like, can you play with me, Ashley? And I'm like, okay, right. What do we, what are we going to do now? Yeah. And just all the adventures and stuff yeah. that come from that. It's, it's freeing, it is. you know, and for, that X amount of time that we spend together, I'm not worrying about, you know, where the next client's coming from. Um, doing my accounts, getting my social media sorted, worrying about, well, will I have to go get another job or will I have to go do this or do that or do that or do this? All the 100 million questions yes. that you have, you know, when you're running a business on a day-to-day -day thing just being in that moment and i think that's a very important thing you're in that moment you're very very present yes when you're playing yes and you're being creative yes and the funny thing is in that state even so yeah and, and there's no agenda i mean i think play it's very important not to have um an outcome I mean, as in not decide what, what you want the outcome mm. to be before you've played it. It's a journey. It's like a discovery together. And what I often see clowns yeah. come to is um, through that, through playing and letting go and freeing up, actually a bit of inspiration comes from how to deal with something in another aspect of your life. It's like play opens 
up your consciousness to such an extent that it actually solves problems without even trying to solve them. It just um, answers come through an unexpected door. I love that. This is comfort. Oh, I love that. It's totally. They do. And um, business people, um, you know, when they have a problem, clowns don't directly go to the problem. They they sort of go into their, they have an essence of it and they play with it. And then something emerges quite unintentionally that answers the original problem. But they're not going directly to it, but something is revealed. Yeah. And that's powerful kind of creative thinking, problem solving right there, right? Yeah. It's, you know, for me, when I, whenever I have an issue, or I need to fig figure something out. The surefire way that I'm not going to figure <laughs> it out is if I go in with a linear mindset. I, this is the outcome. Yeah. Not going to happen. I'll be chasing my tail for hours. Yeah. Now, if I get a piece of paper and I start drawing patterns and words and mind mapping and doing all sorts of squiggles and little stick people on it, <laughs> the answer comes. Yes. Might not and it will be whatever it will be. Yeah. It might not be what I was originally thinking yeah. or my original idea. It might be something completely different, yes. but the answer appears. Yes. And that's all by giving that permission and that space to just go, you know what, let's give this a go yeah. and let's see what happens. Yeah. Definitely. I want to talk about this space of un awesome. unknowing that a clown a clown okay. um, inhabits. So they've learned the skills of wonder, innocence, receiving the world, listening. They've learned all that. And then at some point, I invite them onto an empty stage. And, um, well, fairly empty. Um, and they have to sort of check in with themselves before they cross over the line onto the stage, look at the audience, and then they're in unknowing. They're, they're like, you know, they haven't got a script. They haven't got anything. And showing all that they're living through in this moment, it's very, very beautiful to watch a clown who has no idea. And I'll just give an example of myself. So an early improvisation where I was doing this and all that was on stage was a one, one chair, one wooden chair and a laundry basket that was um, a bit holy. And I thought, you know, like, shit, what, what am I going to do with this? And, um, <laughs> And, you know, I was lost and people were laughing and I had no idea what I was going to do. And then all of a sudden, uh, you could hear an airplane go over the over the house. And, um, and my imagination just thought, I'm going to catch that plane. And I picked up the laundry basket and I was I was off. You see what I mean? It's like um, what, what I'm really saying is we can't know before we've received what's living there and and often surprises come and i love that space and if if a person can stand and not know um 
and still trust themselves. So you're standing in complete unknowing, trusting yourself, something from inside of you or outside of you comes comes and meets one another and something is created. And I find the space of unknowing the most creative place to be. Something from your being comes forth. That's it. That's I love that space, Ash. <laughs> yeah. Sounds sounds very empowering. Mm. And then two clowns don't know. So all improvisations aren't about quick wittedness. They're about we're going we're going into this space together. We might have a loose structure. We might have nothing. We might just have one another. But very. Uh, and then and then you're thinking what they're going to do? What they're going to do? And they don't know what they're going to do. And then they're they're into a game. They find a game between them. That is so beautiful to watch. Inspiring to watch. And I have never, ever seen the same Amazing. two. I've never seen two improvisations the same. I give them the same things to do. Nothing. It's every time it's different. So that just shows of the hundreds of people I've worked with that um, no two clowns are alike. Nothing. No improvisations the same. And uh, and that's a powerful thing to take, a powerful message to take forward into absolutely anything. I think so. Um, I, I see stuff online and where people are like trying to copy or mimic or pretend to be something they're not. Mm. Whereas, you know, yes, you may have similarities to other people. You may do the same job. But there'll always be something that makes you unique. That's your unique learned experience, your unique way of saying things, your unique way of showing up. Yeah. There'll always be something that's, that is unique to you. And, you know, the message may even be virtually identical, but you've got a little bit of something else in there Yes, that just makes it, gives it that edge. Yes. It's that little bit of fairy dust yes. or magic powder or whatever it is. It just well, that's Angie. Yeah. That couldn't be anyone else other than Angie or that's Ash. Yes. It couldn't be anyone yeah. else other than Ash. Even if we're saying similar things to everyone yes. else. And and that's the interesting. I know your work does, is the same. That's the interesting part. That's the message, isn't it, that you and I are both saying is that is actually the most interesting part of you, the bit that you don't have to try for. You don't have to try for it because it is yours. <laughs> Use that. Um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the biggest gift you can give to yourself and, and, and to other people by literally just honoring who you are and honoring what you've got, what you're about, and, and also doing that for the people around yeah. you. Yeah, Amazing, amazing, amazing. So we're kind of, we're slowly <laughs> running towards a, uh, at the end of our time <gasps> together, there's a big sunset coming, <laughs> racing towards our faces. So... <laughs> So for anybody that's interested, <laughs> there we go. I've got this vision of like Wiley Coyote there. Ah. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. So for anyone out there that's um, interested in learning about clowning, how can they get in touch with you? I come to businesses. So if you like the sound of what I'm offering, I'd love to, you know, I, I just travel to any businesses or 
that would like me to come and help their staff. Um, and I've got a website, which is um, clowns-truly.com. Yeah, and I'd love to, I'd love to um, teach you clowning. Fabulous, fabulous. And all the links to um, get in touch with Angie will be uh, attached to the description of this podcast. So you go and, and do you bring clowning worldwide? Oh, well, I'd like, you know, like, you, you know, within reason, I, I don't think I'd ever say no to an opportunity. Clowns like to say yes. I like to say yes. <laughs> fabulous. Okay. So pe- people of the world. Let's get Angie on a plane. She'll come to you, bring clowning to you. Before we ride off into that sunset that is getting rather warm right now yeah. in, 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 in my face, it's quite nice, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, lovely. I finally feel like, uh, <laughs> the wind, feel like a flower uh, emerging from the fall of winter. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Oh, you've set me off now. Where there's no there's no telling where this goes. <laughs> so um so final question that I ask every visitor onto this show is what is your espresso shot of confidence for our listeners? I think the biggest way to be confident is to admit when you're not, to be okay in your own skin and um don't pretend to be anything other than you are. Have some fun and if you can possibly not be ready, try not to be ready and see what happens. The world will not come to an end. I think that's it. <laughs> I mean I can I could talk about, you know, it's Love nice that. to skip, it's nice that, to that, play. That is <laughs> that that is it. I love that. That's amazing. It's like the world will not explode. And even if it did, you'd be skipping into oblivion. Yes. <laughs> you'd be doing it with a smile on yeah. your face. So what yeah. What better way to go than that? Yeah. And clowns would really go <laughs> there. It. They wouldn't say, oh, no, I Love don't want it. to get burnt. They'd go, they'd just go for it. You'd go, what, skiing into the sun? Yeah, they'd do anything. Oh, that was a skiing. Or you'd go skiing into it. <laughs> And they misunderstand <laughs> and, you know, like all kinds of things. They wouldn't mind. <laughs> oh, amazing. Amazing. So so on that note, with that, get your skis, get your jetpack, get whatever it is that you're going where you need and head off into the sunset. It's been amazing having you on the show today. Thank you. Angie, thank you very much for coming by. Thank you, Ash. <laughs> Oh, absolute pleasure. And a thank you to our listeners, wherever you are in the universe or in the sun, if that's where you are right now. Uh, don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening or watching this to get notifications of when the next episode lands. And all that's left to say at this stage, as always, don't forget to be awesome.